Welcome everybody to Revive Health's Daily Briefing Live for May 11th, 2020. This is our 30 minute review of the latest, most important news, resources, and advice for health system marketers and communicators who are managing the COVID-19 crisis. I'm Chris Bevelo, health systems practice lead at Revive Health and your host for the show. I'm joined by Chase Kleckner, Senior Marketing Manager at Revive Health and the show's producer. Hello, Chase. And Chris, good to see you as always. Today we have a new for the show, a new thing for the show. A first, I guess That's, is what you yeah. put that. We do. We have two guests with us, Lindsay Thompson and Mariko Miyamoto from Revive Health. Lindsay has more than 15 years of experience focused solely in the health sector and leads the communications group here at Revive Health. Her expertise has garnered industry recognition, including healthcare campaign of the year, brand experience of the year, and rising star by the Healthcare Business Women's Association. Lindsay, hello. Hello, how are you? Very good, thank you for joining us. Thanks. And Mariko is the leader of our people function at Revive Health. She is dedicated to creating a remarkable employee experience for our wildly talented group of people from recruiting to professional development. She is our culture and people strategy driver and comes from a background of consumer insight and retail, bringing fresh perspective to the employee experience. Hello, Mariko. Hi, Chris. Good to see you. Hi, Chase. Hello, hello. Yeah, good to have you both here. Excited to dive in. Again, this is a first for us on the show. So you guys are pioneers when it comes to this podcast. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> As with each show, we plan on covering the latest news on COVID-19, uh, how it relates to marketing communications. We'll share a couple of resources. Most importantly, we're going to share what we see and hear from our comp professionals across the industry. We want this to be an interactive um, experience as much as possible. So if you have questions for Lindsay or Mariko or myself or Chase, please use the question queue in Zoom. Uh, you can put a question in there at any point and we will try to tackle uh, as many as we can at the end of this show. You can also use the chat function if you want to talk to other attendees uh, or Chase will be using that function um, to put uh, links into the things we're discussing so you can experience those as we go through. But if you want us to answer a question, make sure it ends up in that Q&A queue. Um, remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just search for Revive Health Daily Briefing Live. Uh, we'll be posting a recording of this episode as we do every day it airs uh, on our website by the end of the day. You can find that at thinkrevivehealth.com uh, and go right to our COVID resource, which is thinkrevivehealth.com slash COVID-19. A uh, couple other important notes before we start. Remember, we're not experts on COVID-19, so not a place to come for medical or scientific advice or resources. Uh, however, we will have opinions and thoughts on how marketers and communicators might want to manage the COVID-19 crisis. Just keep in mind that everybody's situation is different, your organization, the marketing community you're in, uh, so make sure you use that filter for all the stuff we're going to talk about so that it's relevant to you. All right, so let's dive in. We always start with the news. Uh, and when we start with the news, we start with, or sometimes only share, as we will today, the case count. Uh, we think that's really important so that we can keep an overall context uh, to our thinking and our thoughts in terms of where we're at as a country in terms of moving through this crisis. Uh, because as we hopefully start to turn down, uh, 
we still are, we, other than New York, I think the way that folks are putting it, that if you took New York out, um, we are still increasing in terms of cases and deaths for the rest of the country. So we're kind of at a plateau, still kind of going up. It depends on where you're at, obviously. Uh, but all of that's important to keep in mind as we talk about all this. We use the Johns Hopkins University tool. And when I refresh that, the total cases globally is 4,142,970. I think we crossed the 4 million mark this weekend or Friday or something, um, which is pretty significant. And then global deaths are 283,861. Uh, then we look at the United States. <coughs> Excuse me. We are at 1,334,951 cases and 79,699 deaths, uh, likely to pass 80,000. It sure does not seem that long ago when 60,000 was our target. Uh, we blew past that and 70,000 um, seemingly last week. Uh, so the numbers continue to, to grow at a pace nobody likes. That is for sure. So we'll keep an eye on that as we move forward. Uh, let's see, resources. Remember to go to that um, website that I mentioned before, thinkrevivehealth.com, uh, our hub that is specifically. So thinkrevivehealth.com slash COVID-19. You'll find recordings of this show, like I mentioned. Also, our latest research is posted there. Uh, we've been out ahead of most folks on the research and we continue to update that uh, and post our, our findings there. We also have content from our bi-weekly uh, emails that we send out with intel and advice. And then a lot of great content on rapid recovery, which is what hospitals and health systems are going through right now. Um, <coughs> we're gonna talk tomorrow with uh, a guest about how rapid that rapid recovery can really be because we're seeing stories about how difficult it is for hospitals and health systems to get back to reopening, uh, certainly the way they would like. So. With all that, that was the quickest intro we've ever had. And that was intentional so that we can spend as much time as possible with Lindsay and Mariko uh, talking about internal communications. We have touched on this throughout the show, uh, how important it is. It's always important, obviously, but during this crisis and given what uh, our frontline workers, uh, you know, along with everybody else who's in our organizations are having to go through, it's just so critical that we uh, give this the, the, the time and the resources it's due. So we really want to spend the rest of this show focusing on that. Uh, and Mariko, I'm going to start with you. Uh, and, and one of the things we want to start with is just talking about what the right information is and, and starting with that. Oh, as if that's like an easy starting place. I mean, the right, this is a really difficult challenge right now. I mean, especially for internal comms when you know, I'm used to being pretty buttoned up and planful about this, but having to pivot so quickly to just provide people with information, so incomplete information seemingly, there's no time to kind of scenario plan for every way that this is gonna play out in your organization. Employees seemingly are on a very broad spectrum in terms of their personal feelings or emotional feelings about it. And then some of the drivers around just which I, financial stuff and practicalities and economic needs, which can be really at odds with each other, right? So you can be, you know, fearful for your job and fearful to go to work. And those two things are kind of, you know, I mean, ha um, 
some people are really um, relatively nonchalant about it. I mean, that that's maybe an, an extreme way to put it, but either feel like I've had it, I've got antibodies, I'm doing everything I can. If I get it, I get it. Um, there's other folks who are protecting themselves or it's somebody in their family so vigilantly um, and taking every single precaution and are terrified to kind of return to work. I mean, our situation is mostly an office setting that way, but there's just, you know, it, in terms of spending most of my life as a marketer, like knowing your audience and meeting them where they are has never been more difficult, I don't think. I think that's the really critical thing to remember, Mariko, and you're totally right. I mean, as we're looking at, especially for hospitals and health systems, there have been such varied experiences for employees that are going into reopening and, you know, starting to book elective procedures and see patients outside of those with coronavirus symptoms again. So you're talking about those either who were sick and are recovering and going back to work, those who have been on the front lines and are probably at best fried and at most in a very unhealthy place mentally. And those who have stayed home and have been furloughed and are probably chomping at the bit to get back to work. And so I think as an organization and, and for marketers right now within health systems, really remembering and honoring each of those experiences, there will come a time when you talk to the staff as a whole again, um, but being able to segment and, you know, in your words, meeting them where they are is, is really, really important. I think the other key thing to remember is that not only the facts and the figures, but the humanity of the message really carries a lot of weight with employees right now. We see a lot of health systems that are really amazing at communicating their PPE supply, their coronavirus counts, their you know test pending, their algorithms. But what they're really missing then is that message of empathy and warmth um, and that support to really say that we hear you, we see you, all the good work that that you're doing, you know, you are the reason why we exist every day. We're living the mission. It doesn't need to be every communication that has that message in it, but once in a while, I think it's enough to really uplift people who desperately need it at these times. Um, and it's also really important to remember that a lot of the employees, especially frontline workers, are really the face of the, the health system. And, you know, I believe it was Sasha that was on a daily briefing live talking about how many people are scared fearful, really anxious about coming back to a hospital. So you can only imagine as a patient, whether it's an adult or a child, you know, being met with people with masks and being tested. And, you know, that produces a heightened sense of anxiety and, and you know, really a fear of, of having that experience be a really dangerous one. And having the messages that doctors, nurses, and frontline workers can deliver to really help to put people at ease as much as possible um, will I think set us apart the health systems that can succeed and the ones you know that can't. And I think Rico, you had a, a personal experience even, not only as a chief people officer, but as a patient yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think on the, on the comms front, I mean, the, the need for the two-way communication too, right? It's not just messaging and I'm gonna, you know, I'm sending you a message, but this idea that you also have to be listening, you have to have these forums. I mean, you can't assume, you know, that you know how people feel in different scenarios. I mean, while you might know some demographic information or something. Um, so that that's important. I was surprised personally last week and I was telling this to Lindsay. So we unfortunately uh, had like two dental emergencies in, in my house. And um, 
and it was just recently, so it was just last week, some things are starting to come back online here. Um, my daughter had a tooth that they're clean, they had cleaning scheduled, they were canceled. She had a molar thing that like cracked off, it was bleeding, I looked very angry. I'm lucky enough to be friends with her dentist, so I texted her a picture and said, what do I do? She said, I'm opening up the office on Tuesday, bring her in. I said, okay, do that. Um, I had part one of a root canal before COVID-19. I was supposed to have part two, and then it was canceled. It's been rescheduled a number of times, and so that was on Wednesday last week. So Tuesday, Monday rolls around. I get a call from my daughter's office, and the woman asked me 14 questions. You know, do you have a fever? Has she had a fever? Has anybody else in the fever? You've been out of the country. Are you an essential worker? Have you lost your taste or smell? I mean, so here's the deal. You come, you bring the masks. We don't provide masks. You have to have masks. You text us when you get here. We'll come out and get your child and we'll bring your child back alone. And you know, I was like, geez, you know, this is, but you know, great. And so I hung up the phone thought, well, that was a little intense. And so um, it's intense and good. I was reassured, right? So the very next day, um, it's my appointments at one o'clock. I haven't gotten a reminder call. So I picked up the phone, you know, and said, I'm just calling to check if I'm on the schedule at one o'clock. She said, uh, what's your name? Mariko, one o'clock. Yep. <laughs> so I was like, can you uh, tell me a little bit more about the precautions you're taking or has anything changed? And she was, you know, well, I mean, not much is that different. And you know, this is an endodontist, so they've been open doing dental emergencies the whole time. But still, you know, I'm nervous going back to the dentist. Um, so it was just a, it was, it dawned on me how important the communication is. That's not even what I would think about as the community. It's like that script of that frontline person and to think about the experience that I'm having. And, and you know, I guess it's probably safe to assume from survey results that people are a little bit nervous, a little bit skeeved out. Yeah. And I think it's so important because I mean, right now communications is like oxygen. So, you know, not only from an employer to employees, but you know, as a patient, what to expect. And in the absence of that, you can't really predict how you'll react like you. It could be, you know, okay, is my appointment still on? But, you know, it might seem like over communicating, but I think people now more than ever want to know what to expect, want to be able to have an outlet or a place where it's not only a one-way transmission to your point, but if you have questions, please contact X or Y method. Um, and just knowing that that kind of openness and, you know, that flow of communication and information is there, I think um, is really critical right now as we kind of cross the entry into a next chapter. Yeah, let's let's talk about. I want to. I want to. I want to take that a little further and talk about resources. This is a. Um, this is kind of a personal thing for me too. My and I've shared this before on the podcast. My wife is a therapist, and she focuses on what what she calls provider trauma. So really, it's it's got other names: secondary trauma, um, vicarious trauma. It's basically the impact on people who help people who are dealing with trauma. So you can think about doctors, nurses, therapists, teachers, those kind of people that are, that are working with the public who themselves have you know, dealt with trauma. But the, the secondary trauma is the real impact on those people. And of course, that is a huge, huge thing right now. We're hearing about it everywhere, the impact on these frontline workers in hospitals and health systems. 
Uh, and it's, it's going to be devastating. It is already devastating. We've heard about suicides. Um, I really want to hear you guys talk about resources and, and how communications um, is important to, to making sure those folks know how they're supported. Yeah, absolutely. I think the difference between communications um, and lack thereof is the matter of life and death or what will end up being. A ton of health systems have great resources, whether it's mental health support, telemedicine, counseling, but if you don't know and if you can't access that, um, that's, that's a critical misstep for organizations to make. And you mentioned, you know, we've been seeing, especially in New York in the past couple of weeks, suicides by, you know, people in the front lines or even people in leadership positions. And I think it's only going to continue. We have to be aware and have to, you know, remember that these people have experienced something that is um, intensely traumatic. And that kind of stuff only begins to unpack and unearth itself, you know, in the weeks following some of what the trauma happens to be. And so, you know, now more than ever, it's the time to keep volume high of the resources that are available. It's been nice from a, you know, we, a lot of employers have benefits that have been on the shelf for a while that haven't really been merchandised, that haven't really been promoted. And uh, I feel like I've seen a lot more of that promotion of, you know, telemedicine for, for therapy, for mental health concerns, as well as physical stuff. So that, that's been incredible to see. I also think just from a leadership standpoint, you've seen so much of just of just this, a far more realistic whole person approach to this employer employee relationship, you know, of the fact that people are at home with a 15 month old bouncing on their leg or they've got people screaming and dogs barking. And I feel like there's been a far more human side of leadership that's come out that I hope, you know, I hope we hang on to and I hope we stick with in terms of being more empathetic that way and taking advantage of, of a lot of the benefits that companies have had for a while, but just haven't really been accessed. Yeah. Yeah. The, what we've, what we've kind of pointed to before, and I think it's worth repeating is the level of effort required for this um, needs to reflect the level of crisis. And so the, the best example that actually Jeff Spear, who, who is co-hosts this show, guest host, he's been on a number of times. He's the one who came up with this. Many hospitals and health system marketing communication folks are very familiar with what it takes to implement a new EMR. Normally when an organization um, brings on Epic or a different EMR, there is a massive internal campaign. It's usually a year to 18 months long. Uh, it's a significant, it's a campaign. It's not a memo. It's not just communications here and there. Oftentimes it's branded. Uh, because it's it, it just weaves through everything that happens in the, in the hospital or health system environment. Um, we think that this this calls for the same level of effort and resource and focus in terms of showing that level of support. And again, not just saying thank you, but to, to Lindsay's point, really bringing forward those resources so it's very clear how you access them. It's not a one-time shot where you say, hey, you've got, a, you've got EAP, you've got crisis counseling, and then you let it go. Um, and even the timing uh, of it needs to, to reflect it, right? This is, this is going to be a while for folks to, to come out of this and deal with this. It doesn't go away when the COVID wave goes away. Uh, it'll be with a lot of these people for quite some time. So that's the way we think folks should think about it. Um, and so I just want to continue to hit that, 
hit that point. The other thing I want to mention too is remember, if you've got a question for Lindsay or Mariko, put it in the queue and we'll try to get to it at the end. So one last shift here, you guys. Um, we've talked a lot about kind of where we've been to this point, some of the things we should be doing now. What about the future? How should folks be thinking about internal comms for the future? Yeah, this has been this has been really interesting. I mean, so Revive Health is main offices in Nashville, and we were hit with the tornado, and then COVID, and then last week a beautiful power outage that lasted about a week for many people. It has been one thing after the next, but in some ways we had a little bit of a of a leg up on this, you know, emergency get your game on moment with the tornadoes when that all hit in early March and. You know, I think to a certain degree, I think we've talked about this before, you kind of get a hall pass, you know, the first time. I mean, we're just, we're all figuring it out, right? There's no hall pass. And as you look at some of the curves, if you look at the data um, and just having, having now gone through this, you know, we need to plan for wave two. Um, and we need to, you know, get all the stuff in order that was so complicated the day the, tor the tornado hit or the day we ended up disbanding and becoming a remote organization, you know, overnight. And it's been really fluid. Um, there's evolving risk scenarios for companies, companies getting sued for not providing enough protection. There's been changes in laws, like I can ask you if you've been symptomatic, I can take your temperature. You know, that wasn't possible before. I mean, that whole crisis planning playbook has to change. I mean, I, I look back right now while still being in it, which is part of the hardest part is just being in it, going through all this, doing all the right stuff, questioning, am I doing all the right things? Are we on top of this? Have we got the, you know, constantly updating all your sources and trying to, you know, learn from it, capitalize on it, write the playbook, get the stuff in place that you wish you would have had in place before. Yeah, I completely agree. And I would say that the message to health system marketers is you have a full-time job and then some right now. Reopening and systematically beginning to see more patients who are in dire need of care because they've probably postponed it for some time is definitely a full plate. Um, and, and that's a clear challenge is how do you divide your time, which seems impossible between the crisis that's five feet in front of your face of patient acquisition and retention and the long-term thing, which can have some really severe consequences. So, you know, Mariko talks about, you're not gonna have a hall pass the second time. Um, absolutely not. So we've seen a lot of nurses and doctors on social media voicing their concerns that things aren't safe. We've seen union issues. We've seen, you know, lack of PPE. All of those things are going to be magnified times a thousand if there isn't a clear plan in place to, you know, really heed the lessons from the first wave and put a better plan into place or at least communicate some of the transparent learnings and improvements and processes that are in place now um, headed into a second wave of COVID. And so, you know, what that really means is that you need a body double because it is critically important not to just turn to the next chapter and kind of put the COVID prevention and it, during some of those wartime processes on a shelf, we have to improve upon them and communicate that they are still in the front of our minds so that we can mitigate any risks, especially um, with frontline workers, not only their health, but um, you know, in the opposition that can be mounted when they feel really unsafe and put in undue danger. And so, you know, that I think is 
you know, the, the last takeaway that I would really have is it seems impossible to bifurcate your focus, but, you know, bringing on a partner or, you know, expressing to someone delegating whatever, you know, that long-term focus needs to be will, will really set us apart in terms of who are prepared and for what we know will happen. Um, it's not an event, you know, it's not a possibility, it's an eventuality. Um, and, and who aren't and are going to be caught scrambling a little bit, you know, with, with a lot of their workforce. So, you know, those are just my parting words and we think it's possible and, and all those lessons are sitting there waiting for us to put them into place. Um, it just takes the, the time and the focus to do that. So real quick, let me put you guys on the spot and ask you a specific question. And I'll try to make this as simple as possible. What is your best advice for hospitals and health systems? Like pick one thing that you would advise if you could do one thing in terms of communicating to physicians and staff about the idea of you've been, you've been fighting COVID, you've been, you've been the heroes of our country, you've been you know, putting yourselves at risk, maybe you've gotten sick, you've been working long hours. And as we move out of that, now you're going to have to help you know, keep us afloat as we maximize reopening to whatever degree we can. Is there, is there one or two things that you would just share that like, make sure you keep this in mind as you communicate that transition? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the, the first one I have is so easy and it seems like you should be on autopilot when you do it, but we've seen a lot of people do it well and a lot of people either forget or do it kind of poorly. And that is, you know, remember to be human and remember to be transparent. I think that there's no sugarcoating what we're going through, whether it's hospitals financially. And I've seen some executive leader um, dialogue and communication to employees that really outline that in a very measured but responsible way. And this is what we're up against, guys. You know, we need you now more than ever. It's balancing the gratitude and the facts um, instead of just here is exactly what you need to know to come back to work and here's what we're asking of you it's that transparent acknowledgement as human beings of you know what this world's going through and what what it's going to take um, to come out on the other side of it and i think that that um, oftentimes is enough to to build that resilience or to foster enough loyalty to keep going we're looking at people that are incredibly strong and selfless already so to continue tapping into that well takes a huge act of courage, but oftentimes it just, um, you know, requires a little humanity on the other side to to really foster that connection um, and and make sure that we can keep going through this. I totally agree with that, Lindsay. I think the other piece is just that the commu that communication isn't meant to be a one way street, right? And we and a lot of times that that road going the other way just isn't as well paved. And I feel like, you know, I, I had a friend in the military and I don't know anything about the military, but you know, it's a, um, you know, they sent a marriage counselor actually to their home, you know, to, to meet with them three or four times at the beginning of the deployment and stuff. And it was just, it was, I feel like if you could send somebody to some, I feel like if you could talk to somebody, if you could have conversations with people, if you could make sure that you're asking people as much as you're sort of telling to your point and not just packaging the information and here's what you need to know, but making sure that other, that other direction of communication is paved somehow and that you're actually listening as much as you're talking ideally. Perfect. Well, that's, that's a great place to wrap. It worked. We did it. We did the multiple <laughs> guest thing. It's well, great. I think we got to do it again. I think we're going to have to. Lindsay Mariko, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Have a good yeah. time.
that is an essential show. We got to make sure we let people know about that one, Chase, because I think this is, it's a, it's overlooked too yeah. often the internal side of things. So Chase, thank you, sir. Absolutely. Glad to do it. If there's something you want us to cover, just let us know. You can put it in the chat channel now. You can email me at cab at thinkrevivehealth.com. Remember to visit our website for a recording of today's episode, a video recording that'll be up by the end of this afternoon. Also subscribe on iTunes if you want to hear this whenever it's convenient for you. Let others know about the podcast. And as always, everything you're doing out there is, is so important as a marketing and communications professional at a hospital and health system. You're helping your organization. You're obviously helping the patients that need you right now. Uh, and you're helping all of us get through this crisis. So hang in there, keep up the good work. We will be with you every day as long as this crisis is here, uh, which means we'll be back tomorrow. We'll have Chris Wickline on, and we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the challenges hospitals and health systems are seeing in terms of trying to reopen fully. Uh, so that'll be a really good episode as well. Thanks for joining us today, and we will see you tomorrow. Mm -hmm.